Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Were you going to say something, John? You going to do the intro? I'm waiting. Hey, welcome. Uh, this is the latest episode of uh, Mr. Smith's Dungeon. I'm your host, Mr. Smith, and we have our comedian next door here to us. We got clown master John Lord Ballard, Johnny Hotcakes. I'm one funny motherfucker. You are one dumb motherfucker tonight. It sounded like you were trying to say, fuck you, John, and it's just me at the same time. Fuck <laughs> Mr. Me. It is I. I'm here. Yay! Me. <laughs> All right. All right. That was exciting. That was fun. You sure? No. Okay. So tonight, we're going to read something interesting from Ranker.com. Weird history. Weird history. Where did BDSM come from, Mia? Well, Melissa Sorte. Sartor. Sartor? <laughs> Melissa Sorte. I'm hungry, John. I see that. That's okay, because I've been drinking, so here we go. All right. <laughs> Drunk and hungry are never good combinations. It's going to be good. That's where BDSM came from. Yes. So Melissa's going to tell us. <laughs> tell us, John, or Melissa. I'll tell you, call you Melissa tonight. <laughs> Melissa. <laughs> BDSM is a mashup acronym for bondage and discipline, dominance and submission, sadism and masochism. Is it kinky stuff you do behind closed doors? What? No, we don't. We do we it open in the front doors. Of people. Fuck We're yeah. like fucking watch this shit. <laughs> I'm gonna light somebody on fire. Okay, the history of this sexual practice is complicated, combining wild positions, whips, chains, pain and pleasure, and power relationships. has been around as long as intercourse itself. We've been saying that forever. I know. It's always been BDSM. I know. This type of role-playing that can include dominance and submission is is about more than just intercourse, and its origins come out of cultural, personal, and erotic preferences converging. With the written word and artistic rendering, sexual desires and practices found representation and expression, offering a voice to participants, comfort to adherents, and even a sense of refuge to people seeking to understand. Wow, they're trying to sound smart on this one. So smart. I just want to know how the fuck and where it came from. <laughs> okay. Alright, whips were all over the ancient world, Mia. All right. In Mesopotamia, the fertility... Oh, fertility? <laughs> Maybe I'm a little drunk. Okay. Maybe. The fertility goddess, Inanna, would whip her subjects so they would become aroused. Ooh. <gasps> Ooh, she adorned herself in jewels, riled the people up into dance of sexual frenzy, and cracked her whip until she started having intercourse in Greek art. Flagellation was common. Oh, now we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> say flagellate. That is a flagellation. <laughs> flagellate is common here. <laughs> oh my god! I love how she oh went with them until they started having an orgy. Have an orgy, bitches! <laughs> Fuck you! Have an orgy. And then, Dead hard. <laughs> and she would just keep whipping them until they fucked each other. They didn't yes. have a choice. Yes. Okay. God, she sounds like my kind of friend. Uh, right? Yes. All right. The boys in Sparta were lashed with whips during the entire day at the altar of Aramis. Artemis. Oh, really? You're going to correct me on this now, drunkard? <laughs> Artemis. Well. Frequently. What? It's a name that people know. We have to get it right. Oh, okay. Sorry. We have I to have it. credibility. 
Oh, regrettable. (laughs) (laughs) Bullshit. Okay. So Artemis, frequently to the point of expiration. Do you want me to read that or not? Yeah. They they whipped him until they died. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And they bravely endured this, cheerful and proud. Uh, Vine. Vine. Yeah. With... With one another for the supremacy as to which one of them could endure being beaten for the longer time and the greater number of blows. And the one who was vicious, oh, excuse me, the one who was victorious (laughs) was held in a special repute. I bet, because he was the only one that survived. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. And the one who was victorious was the one that was alive. Okay. Romans (laughs) Romans <laughs> had the tomb of... Is it getting hot in here? <laughs> is this getting you excited? He's totally excited. <laughs> Romans had the tomb of the flogging or the whipping room where women whipped each other in celebration of ba- Bacchus or... Dionysus. Thank you. <laughs> the god of wine and fertility. <laughs> Juvenile? Yep. Mentions whips and satires. <laughs> okay. Okay. That was painful. So, <laughs> normally on the podcast, I can't pronounce these fucking German words. <laughs> so, I feel good about myself tonight. I know Do these you? words. I know these people. These degree- See, I knew Artemis. Yeah. But, you know, I'm going to say it the way I say it. Okay. Especially with no contact section. Right. They don't Go know if, if we're lying to them or not anyway. They 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 trust us. They do. That's that's don't that's trust a, John. That's a dangerous position to be in. Don't don't, <laughs> don't say trust anything him. I fucking say. I had a pink dildo up my ass yesterday. Yeah, you're a pervert. Yeah, <laughs> there's something wrong with me. The Kama Sutra contains instructions on passionate slapping. My God, I love slapping. According to the Kama Sutra, there are six appropriate places to strike a person with passion and four ways to do it. The place of striking with passion is the body, and on the body, the special places are the shoulders, the head, the space between the breasts, the back, the jangana, or middle part of the body, the sides, (laughs) striking is of four kinds, striking the back of the hand, striking with the fingers a little contracted, striking with the fist, and striking with the open palm of the hand. So you can punch him and slap him all you want, as long as you hit him in the head, between the breast, the back, the middle part of the body, or the sides. Ooh. Don't hit the kidneys. Ooh, so smart. Get slapped right in the face. The lines between pain, pleasure, and the passion are often intertwined given the Kama Sutra also mentions sometimes carried away by passion a woman puts aside her natural temperament and acts the part of the man by slapping and beating him or play fighting with him. She at the height of excitation becomes hard and fearless and dominates. Wow. Wow, the Kama Sutra talks about mistresses. Then it says the Kama Sutra teaches how to bite, nip, and gnaw. Hell yeah, be primal. They're right up to your alley. Here yeah, we go. I like the Kama Sutra. Much like advice on love pads, the Kama Sutra lists appropriate places to bite and ways to do it. For example, the line of jewels is a bite using all of one's teeth. It should be used when biting the throat, armpit, or thighs. You know what? I have left teeth marks on thighs before. Yes, you have. You and, dirty on, whore. and on throats. Not on armpits, though. Wow, there's still that chance. <laughs> Bella, show them your pit. <laughs> the Kama 
Sutra also provides instructions on how a couple should use mouth to play, foster the passion in their relationships. I like mouth play. You do like mouth play. Yeah. Eat that pussy. (laughs) (laughs) A woman should take hold of her lover by the hair and bend his head down and kiss his lower lip. And then, being intoxicated with love, she should shut her eyes and bite him in various places. When her lover shows her any mark that she may have inflicted on his body... She should smile at the sight of it and turning her face as if you were going, oh, excuse me, if she were going to chide him, she should show him with an angry look the remarks on her, oh, excuse me, the, <laughs> with an angry look, the marks on her own body that have been made by him. Thus, if men and women act according to each other's liking, their love for each other will not be lessened even in 100 years. Yeah. So passionate. You, you bite each other to mark your territory. Yeah. And then you piss on them. Because that, that. It didn't say it. anything about this. No, but that's how you mark your territory. <laughs> I'm going to bite you and pee on you. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's my Kama Sutra. <laughs> that's your Kama okay. Sutra. <laughs> Courtly love text set a precedent for later literotica. Oh. Get medieval on their asses. Courtly love, the 12th century social and literal. Literary phenomenon <laughs> was based on the idea of extreme passion, undying love, and a man willing to undertake any feat for his lady. Reminds me of Robin Hood with Kevin Costner in it. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. a great film. He put himself in a catapult and shot himself over the wall oh, because yeah. he was in love. That's right. <laughs> love you, Kevin. Okay. Simultaneously, the man experiences the extreme pain of never being able to obtain the object of his affection. She is usually betrothed to another man of a higher class or out of his reach in some way. The idea of allowing enslavement in the name of love and devotion, according to some scholars, influenced later erotic literature and behavior. Ooh. Oh. Can be my slave. Now, vinegar-soaked whips brought sexual pleasure in the 15th century. Damn. Okay. We haven't done that. I've never we heard of that. We haven't done that. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Oh, my dragon tail's going to get soaked in vinegar. Motherfucker, yeah. it's going to rip your skin and it's going to burn. It's going to smell like piss, too. That's you know exciting. It's going to soak in some alcohol, too. Ooh. I bet you will. Well, fucking watch me. All right. Flatulation, especially of the self-inflicted kind, was popular throughout the Middle Ages. Flagellation could be carried out to rid oneself or another person of sin, or in an effort to rid the world of evil. However, there were instances of whipping for pleasure. In a 15th century work, Italian philosopher Giovanni Pico del Morando, the Mirandola, there we go, comments upon... One monk who couldn't enjoy intercourse, and thus he was lashed with a whip soaked in vinegar. Huh. He was fun. He was a masochist. He was a monk. I can't get off unless you beat my ass. Love it. Wow. This is not new at all, is it? Not at all. Here we go. We owe the term sadism to the Marquis de Sade. Your favorite guy. He is fucked up. He looks like a little weird man. You know, he wrote those books while he was in a mental institution. That part, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. But obviously, he knew that these things were happening from experience before they put him in. They put him in the institution for the shit he was doing. Yeah, clearly. And then he wrote books about it. Yeah, and it clearly. And it was fucked up. He was like the Hannibal Lecter of BDSM. Oh, he was way worse than Hannibal. Sounds like it. He was bad. It was great. That Tell was- us about it, John. <laughs> the market is sad. 
Oh my God. Donatian Alphonse Francois. 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 Oh, now you corrected me. See, I can't do the French and the German words, but I can do Dionysus. Messi Club. Menage a trois. Les incompetents. Fuck you. I knew what that meant. That you just made that shit up. <laughs> he was a French nobleman who wrote during the 18th and early 19th centuries. His life and his novels were full of aggressive sexual acts, and he spent time in prison for his blasphemous, litigious, litigious, litigious behavior. So I can't say normal words. No. <laughs> Before being exi- exiled from France for a time prior to the French Revolution, it was during this time in prison that he wrote one of his most famous works, Justine. That's the book I read. Yeah. A work about a woman who is subjected to numerous sexual acts of brutality throughout her life. This kind of cruelty, the sexual fantasies and eroticism that the Marquis de Sade put into his works led to the term sadism, which is used to describe sexual arousal from pain. Wow. Tell us about Leopold. Leopold von Schauscher. Socks. <laughs> yes, depicts led to the uh, depicti- oh, depictions. Excuse me, <laughs> led to the term masochism. Right. Uh, Austrian writer Leopold included spanking and other sexual proclivities in his stories, *The Venus in Furs*, written in 1869, details the life and obsessions of a man, uh, Severin. Who wants to be enslaved to a woman? You didn't even try to say the last thing. No. I'm not trying either. Good job. Von Kusimisti. There we go. <laughs> Severin wants to be punished and he wants to feel pain. He wants to be enslaved by a woman. Yes. Oh my God. My kind of man. At one point in the work, Severin is whipped by women until he bleeds and cries, but thanks her afterwards for the punishment. In another instance, he equates pain with joy, asking for more lashes from his punisher. Thank you, mistress. May I have another? <laughs> <laughs> Did I hurt you? She asked. No, I replied. Even if you had pains that come through, you are a joy. Strike again if it gives you pleasure. But if it doesn't give me pleasure, again, I was seized with that strange intoxication. Whip me, I begged. Whip me without mercy. Wanda swung the whip and hit me twice. Are you satisfied now? No. Seriously, no? Whip me, I beg you. It's a joy to be me. Wow. Wow. We need to read that book, John. Red Justine, I need to read this one. That's hot. During the late 19th century. (laughs) (laughs) So make you laugh when I talk like this. (laughs) During the late 19th century, (laughs) psychiatrist Richard von Kraft. Ibbing came up with the term masochism to describe the perversion in von Sacher Moskash writing and the word stuck. <laughs> Masoch. Masochism is from Masoch. And yes. sadism is from Marque de Sade. Yes. All right. Fanny Hill reveals a lot about 18th century kink. Oh, really? Hmm. Sounds like we got some reading to do. We so do. <laughs> like, like, we should know what we're talking about before we do a podcast. You think? <laughs> in time, it just all pulls together at right. some point in time. Yeah. We'll just keep pretending like we don't know. <laughs> it's funner that way. 
The novel Fanny Hill, also known as Memoirs of a Woman of Pleasure by John Cleland, is considered to be English, England's first explicit novel and is rife with details about 18th century sexual culture. The work was first published in 1748 and details the life of Frances Fanny Hill, an orphan who was intimate exchanges with men and women, works as a prostitute, participates in group relations, and witnesses all kinds of taboo acts described in graphic detail. I do need to read this book. I, I've heard of the book, but I haven't I've heard read of it. this. Yes. I didn't know it was a BDSM book. Look at us. One instance of the pain and pleasure <laughs> connection in Fanny Hill is as follows. At last, he twigged me so smartly as to fetch blood in more than one lash, at sight of which he flung down the rod, flew to me, kissed away and started the starting drops, and sucked the wounds, eased a good deal of my pain. But now, raising me to my knees and making me kneel with them straddling wide, that tender part of me, naturally the province of pleasure, not of pain, came in for a share of suffering. For now... Eyeing it wistfully, he directed the rod so that the sharp ends of the twigs lightly there, so sensibly that I could not help wincing and writhing my limbs with smart, that my contortions of body must necessarily throw into infinite variety of postures and points of view, fit to feast the luxury of the eye. He's hitting her in the pussy. He sure is. I like this. The luxury of the eye. You've seen me hit people in the pussy. <laughs> and kick <laughs> them. All right. <laughs> I will beat up a pussy and some tits. <laughs> beat the pussy up. Go ahead. Beat that pussy up with my dick. <laughs> but still, I bore everything without crying out. When presently giving me another pause, he rushed, as it were, on that part whose lips and roundabout had felt this cruelty, and by way of reparation, glued his own to them. Oh my God, he's eating a pussy. <laughs> Then he opened, shut, squeezed them, plucked softly the overgrowing moss. Oh, my God. She's <laughs> got hairy poop. Right. Like, I've never heard of a hairy pussy called overgrown moss. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're going to see moss on a big pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and all this in a style of wild, passionate rapture and enthusiasm that expressed excess of pleasure till betaking himself to the rod again, encouraging by my passiveness and infuriated with this strange taste of the light, he made my poor posterior pay for the ungovernableness of it. For now, showing them no quarter, the traitor cut me so. They wanted but little of fainting away when he gave over. And yet, I did not utter one groan or angry expo expostulation. <laughs> the word... Expostulation. Okay. But in my heart, I resolved nothing so seriously as never to expose myself again to like severities. Ooh. She wouldn't cry out, but she's like, I'm not doing that shit again. <laughs> <laughs> he ate your pussy. Shut up. <laughs> he took a twig and beat her pussy. Listen, he kissed yes. it better. Yes. That's what I do, too. <laughs> I kiss it better when I'm done. That's how it's justified. Okay, I gotcha. I get... <laughs> They like getting a kiss better. Why, why would you kiss it better if it wasn't hurting? I don't know, John. you got to make it hurt so you have a reason to put your mouth on it. I don't know. Okay, let's talk about brothels in the 18th century. All right. <laughs> wow. The link between pleasure and play. Blur. The link between pleasure and pain for flagellants. <laughs> 
sorry. I laugh at that word every time. <laughs> okay. Flagellants. <laughs> it does say flagellants. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm dying. Okay. Was always, People do like sniffing farts. It's part of they the ESM. They like it. They do. <laughs> was always present in practice, and with the decline of the Catholic Church in the 16th century, the practice went secular. The 18th century writer Eulenberg describes and indicates that Arabic doctors recognized the use of flagellation as a sexual stimulant, and in practice, this seems to have been carried out at establishments throughout England. In 1718, shortly after the publication of the Triest on using flogging, the practice was dubbed the vice of the English. <laughs> Brothels in England were extremely popular during the 18th century, frequently by used uh, likes of the king, George uh, VI. At one, there was even a machine set up to administer whippings to 40 people at a time. What the fuck? While at Mrs. Berkeley's house, the famed inventor of the spanking chair, or Berkeley horse, set up her painfully pleasurable seat. Sexual flagellation was probably common outside of England, although the evidence isn't as prevalent. There were numbers, excuse me, there was numerous books written in Germany on the practice of flagellations, however. All right. Okay. The Berkeley horse. What the fuck is that? How do we not know what a the Berkeley horse bench. is? Yeah, it's a spanking bench. Oh, here's a picture. It's a... Yeah. Yeah. Right on. It looks a little bit different. It's almost like a cross Latin. between a, a, a cross and a spanking bench. Yeah. It's a standing bench. Yeah. That's cool. Very okay. cool. Okay. <laughs> now, I, I like this la this next picture that kind of looks like my little sub boy right there. All right. <laughs> look at that, Bella. Look. <laughs> Neck down. He's not going like to like it. The, the caption for it, though, after you say it looks like it. The 1950s leather craze brought together gay bikers <laughs> and fetish your stuff I, looks like a gay biker? No, his oh, okay. chest and abs oh, are sexy. Okay. He and that's sexy. how he would look. Yeah, and he could be bisexual. I don't care. I'm, I'm cool. I told him you, we're good. You get, down, you get down with anything. Fuck yeah, I'll get down with anything. All right. Industrialism influenced early 20th century sexual preferences, particularly sadomasochism. In affording new materials to incorporate during intimate relations, according to Dr. Robert Bienvenue. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. <laughs> Metal and leather, for example, were used in costumes and pleasure toys during the 1920s and 30s on both sides of the Atlantic by heterosexuals and homosexuals alike. By the 1950s, so-called gay leather developed and was highly influenced by the emerging biking culture. By using leather as a symbol of masculinity, the gay leather movement countered assumptions about effeminate behavior and homosexual acts. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. They use leather to say we can be gay without being feminine. Correct. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. According to Academy Frenchy Looney, this brought the heavy connotation of masculinity, violence, and aggressive sexuality of black leather into contemporary fetish forms. Alongside and after these developments, pinups like Betty Page and other pop pop culture representations of the subculture's items and clothing sometimes accurately, sometimes stereotyped, influenced the entire BDSM community. Betty Page was a big deal. She was a big page, yeah. Yeah, just, yeah she was a big page. <laughs> she was. <laughs> she was a big deal. <laughs> okay. 
And then last but not least, the internet helped bring it all together. The internet changed the world on everything. So true. But BDSM, man, you can find anything now. So it says, as sexual preferences developed, changed, and interacted with one another, modern BDSM was born. By the late 20th century, the subculture emerged from underground and used the internet to meet, greet, and spank. Chat rooms, pleasure shops, and later social networking outlets brought together like-minded people with greater ease. And it really is so much easier now. So much easier. All right, well. John? Now that we fucked up the history of BDSM. A little bit, but it was fun. <laughs> I think every, I know I'm a little bit more confused than I was before. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. All right. You ready? Yeah. Well, until next time, make all of your fake history, I mean, make all your BDSM fantasies become realities. <laughs> 